I was always told I wasn't enough. I was always told that I should try to be someone else. I was always told that being me wasn't right. And so only in the past couple years have I been able to say, no, like who I am is perfect just the way I am. And that was really powerful in taking responsibility for all of that. Hello, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to the Becoming the Big Me podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Burney, and together we will be stepping into our highest potential, exploring all things mind, body, and soul with just a smidge of business. You're a spiritual badass, soulpreneur, and a warrior for change. You're ready to expand your impact and leave your old self behind in order to raise your vibration so that you can positively influence your business, your community, and ultimately, the world. Without further ado, let's dive right into it. This interview with Kiki was originally conducted in back in 2019, um, but Kiki talks about some very, very powerful stuff in here, so I wanted to include it, and I will be having her back on the show to update where her life has taken her now. So without further ado, here we roll. She is an ex nine to fiver turned digital nomad who now lives a life free of societal constraints as a spiritual business coach. She helps entrepreneurs scale their business, manifest unlimited freedom, money, and success. Hey there, Kiki. How are you today? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yay. I cannot wait to hear you. Um, share your insight and share your story here with us. Well, thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, so um, first off, you are a spiritual business coach and life coach, um, helping entrepreneurial women scale their businesses and manifest unlimited freedom, money, and success. What brought you, what kind of led up into you getting to this point? Do you want the long version or the short one? <laughs> the medium version. The medium one. <laughs> so I have always felt a calling to serve. And it's funny now that I know my human design, that's actually like my life cross. I'm meant to, to lead and, um, you know, guide, guide others. And when I was... 28, I moved to a very remote town in northern British Columbia um, in Canada and moved out there from Toronto. I'm like a big city girl, born and raised. And when I moved out there, uh, there was not a lot of access to a lot of things like uh, the, the classes that I had the opportunities to take, you know, fitness classes and all of this kind of stuff. So I actually, instead of joining a gym or like the local rec center, a girlfriend of mine asked me to do a, like an online fitness challenge with her. So I did that. I absolutely loved it. Got started in network marketing. I uh, had no idea what network marketing was. And then I would say a, like a month after I joined the challenge is when I got started in network marketing. And then... From there, I really found a love for personal development and shifted in my obsession. Like, I never really had a full passion for fitness. So, my interest really shifted from the fitness side of things to the personal growth side of things. And I was able to do a lot of healing. I discovered spirituality. And from there, I left one network marketing company to join a brand new one, had a ton of opportunity. And uh, nine months after joining that company, like right at the very beginning, they shut their doors overnight. And I think two weeks prior to me 
so then closing, I had just launched my coaching business as like a thing to do on the side and the universe was like, no, this is what you're meant to be doing full time. So that's what I've been doing ever since. It's like an intuitive nudge for you to start that coaching business. The universe knew what was about to happen. The universe like picked me out of the nest and forced me to fly very quickly. I because this was, you know, I had left my nine to five, my corporate job, um, a couple months prior to all of this happening. So this network marketing company, because I got in so early, it was supposed to be like my quote unquote golden ticket. And that just dissipated overnight. So I was really nervous. I was really scared. And I probably like wallowed in my own self-pity for (laughs) 48 hours. And then after that, I was like, you know what? No, like I'm, I'm going to make this happen. And then the following morning, I woke up to two messages from, or three messages from people, uh, booked three consultations that week, and signed my first client within like 24 hours. Yes, I love that. So um, let's just backtrack a little bit. So when you found spirituality, like how did that happen? And what were your kind of views on spirituality and like kind of woo-woo stuff before you had that? Yeah, my spiritual awakening came kind of in like a bit of a gradual process. It wasn't like this one major thing um, that really happened. I think I found, I discovered the law of attraction through a friend who, at the age of 22, I watched The Secret. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I never thought about it again. Whereas then another girl introduced it to me, and I guess it was just like the right time, and it really resonated with me. And she introduced me to Manifestation Babe, Catherine Zinkina, and I did her challenge. And from that, I manifested $20,000 in two months. And I was like, oh, well, this works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so... Mine kind of started with The Secret as well, and I'm not, like, nowadays, I'm not really a huge fan of The Secret because it misses out on so many um, other aspects of uh, manifestation and just, like, the universal laws, but that was definitely one of my first kind of introductions to it as well because my mom, um, growing up, my mom was with a network marketing company, and um, so that's actually where I kind of got my entrepreneurial spirit because since a very young age I have been you know putting labels on things and doing all kinds of different stuff like that and when I was you know just a teenager my mom had me watch The Secret and at that point I was like you guys are all crazy I had such a negative view about anything spiritual anything you know woo woo anything like that for a very long time I have not, you're not the first person that I've heard that from. (laughs) And now I think it's hilarious because, wow, has there been a 180. I am the Mm -hmm. one who is, like, doing the most weird stuff. (laughs) You know, my my things have, like, slowly uh, compounded over time. So it was the secret at first, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then when I started putting all of these kind of puzzle pieces together, like the very first time I became aware that I manifested something was when I manifested my partner into my life. And I wasn't aware of what the law of attraction was at that time. And so I had just like released the universe. I said, I wrote a list of qualities I wanted in a partner and I put it aside. And then I said, you know what, instead of like this desperation of trying to get into a relationship, I'm just going to work on me for a bit. And of course, when you let go of the outcome, that's when everything like comes full circle. And I ended up meeting him two months later, and we became, you know, partners in a relationship. And about three months into us knowing each other, I thought to myself, oh my God, the list. And it was in that moment where I was like, what? Like, this is 
trippy because you checked every box mm-hmm. on the list. And I was like, this is strange. And then, of course, you know, you learn about the law of attraction and manifestation. And you're like, oh, well, okay. you know, there are no, yeah, there are no coincidences. <laughs> I love, okay, so there's a couple things that I love about that. Um, one is that you wrote down the list exactly what you wanted. And mm-hmm. two, that you kind of forgot about it. Like, it sounds like you kind of just, like, put it away and kind of didn't really think about it that much. Yeah. And then kind of went back to it. Um, that is like the most like you have to release like once you state what you want you have to release it in first and you kind of have to forget about it a little bit and you have to trust the process of once you ask it's given actually I'm reading that book right now and I'm absolutely obsessed with it by Esther and Jerry Hicks aka Abraham Mm -hmm. and um it's really not the idea of focusing on the thing that you want, but aligning to the feeling of having it. And this is where I think a lot of people get tripped up is like, well, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. But you're also in thinking about it, vibrationally putting out that you don't yet have it. So you're blocking yourself from actually receiving it. Yes. That's, I mean, that's the biggest, that's the biggest mental block to go through. Um, Because if you, if, especially if it comes to finances and you're like, well, I need to pay this bill, you get very attached to that. um, And that's something that, you know, has been something that I have had to work through over my life as well, because you're like, well, I'm going to, if you're, you get too obsessed with manifesting it and asking for it, you're really actually tying yourself in this weird space of lack and like desperation and that is not gonna help you no that is not what you want whatsoever and I think the power in manifesting that partner was that when I not even it's it's weird yeah because I totally did forget about everything and so the shock that I had when, you know, every every single item was ticked off the list. But now now I joke that I wasn't specific enough. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. So the car crash that I manifested, um, so last December I manifested a car crash and the how I did it was I had written in my journal a couple of times, you know, thank you so much Wells Fargo for you know, giving me the loan for my car as a thank you, I will have my car paid off before my birthday. Um, my birthday is January 26th. December 23rd, mm-hmm. I got in a car crash that totaled my car, and guess what? My car was paid off two days before my birthday. Because that is wild. <laughs> Because somebody hit me and their insurance paid for it. So I was not specific enough. (laughs) Right. Right. And that was what happened when I went through this. So then after all of that happened and I became aware of the law of attraction and manifestation, I went through and did the Unleash Your Inner Money Babe Challenge by Catherine Zampina. And... There were very unexpected forms of income that came my way, one also being a a car crash, a write-off of my vehicle. And I think I remember sitting there for about five minutes being really upset that my my car was totaled. And then I said, okay, wait, because I was in this challenge, and I'm like, no, let's get good vibes about this. (laughs) And so I said, okay. Hey, where can I be thankful? I wasn't hurt. The driver wasn't hurt. No one was like around the vehicle at the time. It's just a hunk of metal. And I ended up getting a surplus after like I got my new car and all of this stuff. I had a surplus of $2,500 left over. And like, I always say, do you think I would get that money if I had chose to be really down in the dumps and F this and F that and woe is me, my life sucks. That's not the vibration in which you attract a surplus of $2,500. No. <laughs> I, had, 
same thing with me. My daughter was in the car and my initial reaction was I was just so angry because we had recently made a big move to a state with no friends, no family. And this car crash happened the day before we were supposed to drive to Colorado to see my family for Christmas. (laughs) Goodness. I got a concussion. Uh, Luckily, you know, like it wasn't that bad. I did nobody was like injured, injured. I did get a concussion, but I'm kind of prone to concussions because I used to be a competitive skier and I got several of them. So it's kind of easy for me to get concussions. Yes. Um, but because of that, I was not allowed to fly or to drive. And so definitely like I allowed a lot of negative energy for a second. And then I was like, well, that's not helping anything. So we found a solution. My dad flew out to me and drove us in a rental car. So we were able to make it there. And a couple of really cool stuff happened after that. One, I also got a surplus. I got an extra $3,000, like, on top of what, you know, I had to pay off my car. And then I also received um, an extra $1,000 in total from various sources that I didn't expect. Like, one was a random Venmo from someone that I don't even know. (laughs) I mean, I will take that any day of the week. Right? I was just like, okay. Okay. (laughs) And then just, like, other, like, random little things that trickled up, and it ended up being, like, the extra $4,000 that came into my life because of a car crash. And I realized, once I made the connection that I actually manifested the car crash, and that there was a reason that happened, that's when, you know, things started to, like, shift and start to work out in my favor. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's something that a lot of people who are new to manifestation don't really want to, they're they're maybe a little blissfully ignorant about in that they choose not to see that they are always manifesting, not just when things are good, they're also manifesting when things are bad. And I think it's funny because you and I have very similar stories and kind of things that line up with that is that I was supposed to be driving the next day or two days later to go uh, on an eight-hour car drive for work, but my tire had sprung a leak the day before and they patched it, and I said, I really don't want to drive all this way to Prince George with a, a spotty tire. And so the universe was like, okay, I'll take care of that for you. <laughs> and so I got to drive out in a rental car, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, you were safe. The universe was like, I'm going to protect you, because who knows what could have happened had you been trying to make that drive on that tire. Maybe it would have been, like, way more devastating and not only that, it was in the middle, like, this is in remote areas that don't have cell service, that are, you know, one-lane highways. There, there was a great deal of possible bad things that could have gone wrong. So, I'm grateful. <laughs> so, tying into that, um, I know for both of us, you know, taking responsibility for everything in our lives has been... Uh, really what has shifted things for us into a better direction, even the bad things um, that have happened to us. Can you kind of talk a little bit about how shifting from that, you know, victim mindset to just taking ownership and control of your life and, you know, how that's kind of helped you on your journey? Absolutely. I have a pretty crazy story in that I manifested cancer into my life. And when I was, what I want your listeners to understand is that what, and I'm sure you teach this in your trainings and all of this, but what we focus on truly does expand. So it does not do us any good to focus on our fears. And cancer was the thing that I feared the most. And I remember in my early 20s, I used to say, you know, these statistics are crazy. And if anyone were to get cancer, it would be me. And it, again, the universe had no choice but to say, okay, well, I'm going to put you through this to show you how strong you can be. And I'm 
very lucky and very grateful in that I got <laughs> what they call the good cancer. And I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer at the age of 20, it was just after my 28th birthday, I believe, in 2015. And um, since then, that was, so that was kind of like the shifting point of when I discovered personal development, I went back to that moment and took responsibility for everything that led up to that. My thoughts, my feelings, um, unhealed trauma from my past. I was severely bullied growing up and never really sought any sort of help for that and carried that with me. And for those of you who know the chakra system, you know, your thyroid is associated with your throat chakra, which is the chakra of communication. And so for the longest time, I would say from, you know, my early, like early, early teens into my 20s, I never felt the power to speak my truth. I was always told I wasn't enough. I was always told that I should try to be someone else. I was always told that being me wasn't right. And so only in the past couple years have I been able to say, no, like who I am is perfect just the way I am. And that was really powerful in taking responsibility for all of that. And so I have really gone through a, a journey of healing and self discovery all based off of a cancer diagnosis like that was the pivotal moment that put me into wanting to take better care of my health and getting into network marketing and then personal development like everything happens for a reason <laughs> yes oh, girl you're like giving me chills because there's just like so much of us that is the same and it kind of freaks me out a little bit so i didn't i didn't manifest um cancer but my older sister, she actually got thyroid cancer at 28. So wow. <laughs> it's like that just gave me chills. <laughs> you know, I'm just like over here, like everything that you say, I'm just like, what? <laughs> oh. Wow, that's wild. And she's okay. She is okay. Yeah. Good. She, I mean, she had to. Have, she had to have both of her thyroids removed. Um, but you know, she is okay yeah i had a total thyroidectomy as well and so it's funny because how hindsight is 2020 i always say that if i knew then what i know now like i wouldn't have let them go in and take it because there's just been so much life altering things that have happened and i now know the power of mind and the power of self-healing and not that i am advocating that for anyone who might be going through something like this i am not a medical professional <laughs> but mine was was pre-cancerous so there were cancer cells starting to form mm -hmm. um and they completely took my thyroid as well so but this is the funny thing is that you know back then i used to lose my voice once every three to four months and since then, I think I've lost my voice once or twice in the past, like, almost five years. I think that, do you think that has to do with also you kind of finding your voice? Like, absolutely. Speaking out more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it also had to do with the actual, like, the energetics of it, right? There were also two really large, like the reason why it was found was because there were two large nodules on both sides of my neck. And I'm talking like three to six centimeters in diameter, which is not usually how big those are. Like they're, they're usually smaller. Um, and so these nodules went undiagnosed for, or undiscovered for years. And I think that the pressure of them was also causing um, a lot. But absolutely, being able to find my voice 100%. Yes. So um, through your network marketing, I know that that is a lot of coaching um, mm -hmm. and having mentors. Is that kind of what made you, like, introduce you into this idea of, how much mentorship can actually like help um, exponentially expand your 
life in a shorter period of time? I, um, uh, that's such a great question. I remember when I first started with network marketing and I said a couple of maybe like just only a month or two in or maybe like three months in, I remember sitting there and I told my partner, I was like, I think I want to be a life coach. And it just kind of was a thought in my mind. And this is the other really powerful thing of what I wanted to say before about writing the list is that in my design, in my human design, I am a manifesting generator. And because of my authority or whatever it is, I don't need to actually focus on the specifics of things. I can just postulate something, put it out there, and it comes in the time that it's meant to. Things have shown up in seven days, things have shown up in six months, things have shown up in two months, like it depending on what it is. But um, this life coaching thing just kind of, I thought about it and then I didn't really think about it again. And there just came a time where I was forced into it. But I had hired, even when I started with my second network marketing company, I hired my own business coach long before I ever thought um, that I was going to start my own business. I just like, I had my network marketing company and I really wanted to do well in order to like be at the top of the company pretty much. And then when that went away, it was like, you know what, maybe I, like I, the, the wheels had started turning and then it just kind of was forced upon me <laughs> in the best way possible. So how long were you um, in business before you, you know, hired a coach? I hired my coach in March of 2018, and I had been in network marketing since July of 2016. Okay, and did you feel um, after you made that change that it just blew your mind? Oh, yeah. Things started shifting, and I was able to really just look at things in a new light that I hadn't been able to see it before. People would tell me, oh, you should be doing this, but when I had a coach telling me to do it, it was really so much more powerful um, because I had that trust and that belief in her, right? And it was someone that I was paying to tell me what to do with my business, so... <laughs> I totally believe in the power of having a mentor, regardless of whether you're in network marketing or not, because your upline, while they may truly like really care about you and want you to succeed and want the best for you, there is an energetic power and exchange that comes from investing in yourself. And I can say that because I have done it. <laughs> yes. Leading up to actually, so you are on the same wavelength here. Um, when what I realized is, you know, I I have been in business basically since I was 17 years old. Um, wow. After you know, I was addicted to heroin and I was actually homeless and I got pregnant at 17. And wow. um, during that time is when you know things started to shift for me. I you know got sober, cold turkey, um, by myself while pregnant, which apparently is very dangerous, but I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, what? I'm going to have a baby. I shouldn't yeah. <laughs> do drugs. Um, and, and I started, uh, my first like online business at that point. And I never had any mentors or anything for the first five years of my you know, business career, mm -hmm. and I was able to, you know, support ourselves, and I was able to do stuff, but when things really, really changed for me is when I made that decision to invest in myself, and I don't, like, you know, my mentors have been amazing, and I love them, and they're all great, but I don't really feel like it had anything to do with them necessarily, <laughs> and I think it has everything to do with me making the decision that I was worth it and I was worth, you know, the investment and 
until I believed in myself enough to like put that skin in the game and yeah. you know put out some money because I knew that it was what I needed to do to be able to multiply like everything that I spent multiplied. Mhm. Mhm. I feel the same way. I it's funny because I stopped working with I'm about to hire a new one-on-one mentor, but I stopped working with my previous one um, in March of 2019. So we worked together for a full year and my business definitely has benefited from her guidance and support. But my biggest fear was when I made the decision, there was just something that I was like, I think I've gotten everything that I've come for and I didn't re-sign the contract. And there was this big fear in me that I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. And then ever since I have scaled myself from like the shy of 3K months to five and a half K months. And I've done that in, I mean, could I have done more with a one-on-one mentor? Possibly. But the fact that I was able to take myself to that next level by myself was really powerful. And it made me feel like, okay, I'm choosing to do this. I don't have to do this, which again, gives you that power as a business owner of like, okay, I can trust myself. I do know what I'm doing. People want to invest in me because of my energy and like what I have to bring to the table, not necessarily because I'm working with a one-on-one coach, but I know that my skills are more honed when I am. I think you can touch a little bit more on, you know, that self-belief and that kind of where that comes from. (laughs) Uh, That is a good question. Where does that come from? There was a blind, I just, I felt called. I felt this nudge of, I remember there were two girls that I was going between that I wanted to work with. And I've actually ended up working with both of them in different capacities. Um, But the one one one-on-one mentor that I worked with, I just remember there was something about her energy that drew me to her. And I was like, I need what she has. I don't know what it is, but I just need it. And so I invested this money. It was, I think her contract was like, not a huge leap for me, but it was definitely, you know, I was on a very fixed, like, government corporate job. Uh, So I wasn't making a ton of money at the time. And so an extra 500 bucks a month was a large investment to me and something that I had never done before. Um, And (laughs) since then, I have invested about $40,000 in myself in just a year and a half. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) There was just, there was this, this, inkling in me this like gut reaction of like this is what I need to do I I don't really know I I don't really think because I did have that security at the time of my job of like okay well I can make this back I think it was more scary the second time investing in her when she upped my rates and I didn't have um a job to fall back on that was really a blind leap of faith and it was you know I had seen the progress that we had made over the previous six months the first three was a lot of like removing old stories and limiting beliefs and then the second half of our contract was really just ramping up and so I was like well I'm not done yet like we have only scratched the surface of what's possible for my business and then all of that happened, and I was so grateful that I did choose to invest with her because I had her during that really rough time. Did you find um, that during that kind of removing the limiting beliefs time that things were a little bit chaotic in your life? Like things started to kind of go a little bit wild before they turned around? Oh, there were so many things. Like my <laughs> my life, my business – is always a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. I am an emotional authority in human design, so I feel really deeply. Um, so I always feel like I'm riding waves of emotions. Because <laughs> I find that a lot of times, 
English people, uh, myself included, when we are doing that kind of the shadow work, like working on our past, working on those limiting beliefs sometimes, um, when we're doing that, there's like a period of crumbling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Where we can rebuild and Sometimes I find that people get discouraged because they'll feel like, oh, I'm doing all this inner work, but things are going, like, badly. (laughs) Right. I uh, had a lot of prove-it moments. So the one that really sticks out to me is when I decided to leave my job. One of the main reasons why I left it was because I was on a contract and I could qualify for employment insurance. So if I didn't take the job... Um, I could just, you know, be on government assistance for up to a year, which I had never claimed in my life before. So 31 years without government assistance, I was like, you know what, it's my time. (laughs) I've paid into this. I deserve it. (laughs) So that in that moment, I thought to myself, or I was speaking with, you know, some other people and they said, well, yeah, but you have to prove that you're searching for employment. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I should apply on the position, and at least that way I can prove that I put in my application. Well, when I, it, because it was a government job, it worked on a seniority basis, seniority as well as qualification, so it ended up being that I was the most qualified person, and they were going to offer me the job. And I was like, but wait, <laughs> I don't actually want it and my boss and she said but you put the application in I have to give it to you and in that moment I was like oh my god no like this is my worst nightmare coming true and I had to take again this blind jump and withdraw my application and hope for the best of qualifying for the government assistance yeah <laughs> so luckily it all worked out <laughs> That's funny. I mean, that's something that, you know, like the universe will do things like that to show you like, wait, no, that's not what I want. (laughs) Right. Right. It was a very big, like, I remember I was in tears the day that I, like, I had that prove it moment. I worked through it and really just trusted the universe and knew that everything was going to be okay. (laughs) So remind me again, you've been coaching now for Almost a year. Okay. It's coming up on a year. Um, I officially launched my business October 1st, but I signed my first client November 1st, so that's kind of when I consider it to be a year. Okay. That's so exciting. (laughs) I'm so excited. It has been a crazy ride. Like, I am so grateful for every opportunity that has come my way and every single person person who has chose to invest in me along the way it's it's wild I've been I mean I've been following it now just for a couple of weeks and just in that time I have watched you grow like exponentially and I think it's really interesting how how things start to compound after time where there becomes a point where you don't even like the person that you were yesterday you're like I am not that person anymore 100% I had a client on a call the other day, and she said to me, um, last week feels like a year ago. I don't feel like that person anymore. And, uh, like, that just hit me right in the heart. I was like, that, like, the power of helping someone make a shift like that is the most rewarding thing I have ever done. It, it, I mean, it really, it truly is. When You know, sometimes when people will be like, oh, well, you changed. And it's like... I yeah. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, there's a, I think it's like the flower or something like that. There's a, there's a visual representation of it, and I just love it. <laughs> Especially like us as manifesting generators, that's kind of like, we are multi-passionate. We want to do all of the stuff, all of the things. So we move at like a really quick pace. We things quickly and when we're done with things we're done with them (laughs) yes I absolutely 100% agree there was 
and again being like this emotional authority i need to tune in with my my sacral and there was a period in time where like there was just this gut feeling that i was not supposed to be in my relationship anymore and you know we would do things and i would get this weird feeling and like this sinking feeling in my gut and I, it didn't make sense to me because there was nothing quote unquote wrong in our relationship. It was just something, it, it wasn't doing it for me anymore. And I lived with that for a very long time before actually like, cause I tried to make it work. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. He's one of the greatest guys. He is the greatest guy that I've ever known. And we still have, thank goodness, like we still have a wonderful friendship, but it was really hard coming to terms with this because not only was there pressure on me, but there was pressure from my, my family. My family's obsessed with him. <laughs> and so it was like this, this, in, like this intuitive gut check of, I, I felt this before. And the last relationship I was in, this was the exact feeling I had when things were over. And I was like, whoa, like that's really powerful. And so to be able to be in tune with that is is amazing. Yeah, like that, when you get that gut feeling about something, what I've realized is every time I don't listen to it, it just ends up a disaster. And sometimes it doesn't make any logical, well, most of the time, it doesn't make any logical sense at all. Mm -hmm. And people are, they don't get it. You can't, like, it's not anything that you can explain to other people. I've tried and they just think I'm insane. <laughs> but like that's so important it's just like learning how to listen to your intuition and listen to your gut like when you have that sickly like weird dropping feeling in your gut and you don't know you know why like just like pay attention to what's going on around you like when does that feeling come up and normally it means that you need to release something go out on your own I don't are, are you in a relationship now I am not I am single and ready to mingle Same. <laughs> but what I've noticed is like being single has been probably one of the best things of my entire life um, for a long time I felt like I needed you know to have someone or whatever but the second that release that I started to be able to become my own self to become 100% and in those moments it's like the thing that I have found about dating now I've been on a couple dates and it's either like an an uh-huh or an uh-uh for me and I think I have also been stood up on a date by a guy who I was like I had him up on this pedestal. I thought he was so good looking and he was totally my type and all of this stuff. And he stood me up and I was like, okay. And I got so mad about it in the moment. And I was like, wait, nothing that is for me will ever get past me. Nothing that is for me will ever get past me. And I had to just keep playing that like a broken record over in my head because I was kind of upset about it. <laughs> I think that this kind of goes back to like our our kind of internal feeling to need to like partner up. Yeah. It, it's that survival instinct. Like back in you know the day, <laughs> um, it, that's what you had to get with a male yeah. to protect you to procreate to like all of the stuff. And now we live in a society where we can do anything we want we don't need a man to protect I don't us. need no man <laughs> yeah wait I don't need no man um, but like that is such an just an ancient ancient survival instinct mm -hmm. that has been so ingrained to us that I find that sometimes you know those feelings that we get of like frustration and yeah it can also be emotional because it's kind of like you get like this kind of excited, you get excited about something, yes. it disappoints you, or maybe you think like, oh, well, what's wrong with me, kind of stuff, your ego yes. crazy, all of this other stuff happens, but I think a lot of 
into that and when like it doesn't work out that fear and that like stuff that we have going on inside yes relates back to just our survival instinct and I mean listen I am not I am fully a hopeless romantic I wear my heart on my sleeve and also I am a woman I have needs (laughs) and I am not I'm so done hiding that I have really stepped into my power when it comes to talking about female sexuality and like not being ashamed of that and like shouting from the rooftops like women love sex just as much as men do deal with it (laughs) I am done hiding behind this like veil of oh I need to be pretty and proper no like women have needs too so there's I mean there are things to be said for wanting to be in a relationship but I completely agree with where you're coming from in the sense that being so I have friends who have been serial monogamists since like high school to college and I look at them and I'm like how do you know yourself and because if you don't take time to know what you want and to know what you like you're never going to be able to communicate that to a partner and you're just going to kind of like mold to each new one that you have and that's not a way to live life Yes, I I have a lot of people in my life who are like that too, and people that I love dearly, and I'm just like, could you just wait like a week? (laughs) 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 Because I want, like, I want to see you become you, and and we have this um this tendency to, in general, I I notice, and this is something that I have had to do a lot of work and still do work. I mean. There's always, always work to be done, but I am totally like the people pleaser kind of person. I make people happy, and when I'm in a relationship, um, that just like gets expanded, (laughs) and we kind we we shift our our beings, we shift our energy and ourselves to accommodate you know other people, and that's you know we we have to a little bit to have like a healthy and successful relationship because we have to be respectful of each other and sometimes that means you know shifting things a tiny bit but if you don't give yourself enough time to fully become yourself before going into one of those situations you never truly figure out who you are yeah and I'll give you the perfect example when I was when I met my partner um, he said to me, like, we met in a kind of ski town just north of Vancouver in British Columbia, so it's called Whistler, and we met there at a bar. I, like, literally picked him out from across the room, and I was like, oh, he's cute, mm-hmm. and he said to me, you know, oh, I just live, like, an hour and a half north of here, which we, what, well, we debate this to this day, but he did not say flight. I thought car ride and so it was an hour and a half flight north of vancouver which is four hour drive away from alaska to put it into perspective okay so i really compromised a lot moving out there and he i mean he had a job he owned a home he was more settled than i was so it was natural for me to want to go out there and that was fine but what we agreed upon in the beginning was if i didn't like he was convinced that he was going to make me like it within three to six months and I said okay like that's a good time frame we'll try out this relationship because we had been long distance the whole time and after you know three months I was like oh you know I'm not really crazy about this after six months I was like yeah I'm really not crazy about this but we kept just kind of going in our relationship and I became more and more unhappy with where I was living And to a point that I unfortunately at one point had to say, you know, I am not spending another winter here. And it's not that I wanted to back him into a corner, but it was one of those things where I really had to open his eyes to how unhappy I was because my communication was effectively being understood. (laughs) And so this happened and I said, okay, listen, I cannot spend another winter here. If 
you don't want to leave your hometown, which I understand. You've got family, you've got friends, all of these things. But I have to go. So either you're coming with me and we find a place to go together or I leave. And that's totally up to you. But like, I am not staying here. And it bothered me so much to even have to put him into that position. But it was almost like I was put into that position to have to say that. And so eventually we did decide to move somewhere together. But by that point, like there was so much that I was just unhappy with and almost a little resentful about that, you know, it just kind of like four months later, we were broken up. So it's just if you compromise too much in a relationship, there begins to be a lot of resistance and resentment and other things that happen. I mean, we are very, very lucky that we are still friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the resentment thing. Like, a lot of times we don't really realize that it's building up inside of us. Like, we let little things kind of slide. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of explodes in your face. <laughs> it came to a point where the, the gut thing was happening. And so I said, okay, this is weird. And then my brain was saying no but you love him and he is like he treats you so well and all of this stuff and this gut brain heart kind of trifecta was happening multiple times throughout the day to the point where I just exploded in a rash all over my body I I have eczema but I had it the worst I have ever had it in years and you know like the experts will tell you that stress is a major factor in that and so it came to a point where I didn't like explode but it exploded all over my body right and as soon as I went home it went away in two days <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my I had a similar situation from stress where um with ulcers and um oh or no ovarian cysts I had like crazy ovarian cysts happening and bursting and I was like in and out of the hospital and this was when I was, um, I worked for a very brief amount of time for a corporate, like, cell phone store. I was, like, managing a store. Um, and <laughs> and this ha was all happening, like, when I was doing that. And this yeah. company that I was with had, like, shady, it's a very large, well-known company. And it had, like, um, some shady stuff going on. <laughs> I'm not going to name it because I don't want to get sued. Right. <laughs> but there's just, like, stuff that made my gut feel bad every time yeah. I would go into work I just felt gross like I loved helping the customers I loved like being there for them but I realized that that's not what my job was my job was not to be there for the customers um uh. the second that I walked away I walked away made I was making a very big chunk of change for an 18 year old at the point I was right a, a store so I got commission off the entire store and wow. like personal and um and I walked away from an income making more than my mom had ever made her whole life like everything like that no backup plan but the second that I walked away from there all of the cyst rupturing stuff stopped yeah of course <laughs> of course it's just the way your body like your body picks up on these things right it's cellular this the energy and the thoughts and all of that the vibrations it is all connected it, it truly is and I think we are we're similar um in both of our businesses we have um with our coaching businesses that is with we have a, such a big focus on the spiritual aspect and yes. the strategy and the business aspect because they really go together so much like you can have all the strategy in the world and you'll you can get like a certain level of success from that but i've noticed when you don't tie in the spiritual aspect like other stuff starts to fall apart burnout happens or you're just um you're not happy or fulfilled or it's just not sustainable absolutely and the thing that i have always said that i like i could have scaled to six figures by now but that to me would not have felt good it would have been burnout it would have been working 18 to 20 hours a day it would have been 
all of these things that I'm just not aligned with. So for me, like I want one of my biggest teachings and biggest things to say, okay, maybe it took me a year and a half or two years to make a six-figure business, but I did it without hustle. I did it being aligned. And so to me, that feels better and like a little bit of struggle in the beginning far outweighs the the masculine do 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 energy of the hustle and the grind and that's just like never who I have been as a person <laughs> well and I mean it, it, as long as long as we like keep things in perspective like how many people have a six finger six figure income period how many people who go to college spend all of this money spend yeah. four years eight years however much time whatever and go in all of this debt and they come out they don't have a six-figure income they you know it's and they might not ever have a six-figure income and I think sometimes when we get immersed in a certain space we might feel like oh my god I need to catch up I need to catch up everyone else is you know earning so much more blah 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 but and we lose sight of the fact that most people don't get there and if they do get there it takes years you know it takes a crazy amount of time so if you're able to get there even to get where you are now you know yeah. after a year like you are having you had a five thousand dollar a month like that's crazy so many people who go to college and spend years learning this stuff don't get there for years still so <laughs> i was i was part of a mastermind my very first 5k month it was like 4,700, but the most that I had previously made was 28 something. Um, so I considered it a, a 5K month. And that was when I was uh, in this mastermind. And I was probably like, I called myself the little baby coach because everyone who was part of that mastermind was making, you know, over $10,000 a month at least. Some people in that mastermind were making like, Twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a month, and so it was very intimidating to be in this mastermind. Especially, there was one girl who was making. I think she had already crossed six figures for, or like multiple six figures for the year. And that, to me, I was like, okay, this is super intimidating, but like super exciting because I can see what's possible. But the way she did it was not the way that I would do it. Like, she has a lot of drive and ambition, which is great. I mean, so do I. But she is very much like that masculine hustle-driven energy, which is just, it doesn't resonate with me. And if that's something that resonates with you, then good. Make sure to contact me and I'll give you her information. Because <laughs> she is a huge inspiration. But there was another girl who at the very end of the mastermind had said to me, I, in my first year of business, made $4,000. And you're over here, you've already, like, you just had a $5,000 month. She goes, you're doing, you're doing good. Because <laughs> yeah. it was really nerve-wracking being in this container with all of these people who are just, like, killing the game. But you have to always remember not to compare your beginning chapter to someone's middle chapter. Or just keep, you know, like you said, we all have different energies. We all have different designs, how we function. And some people, you know, I'm in a very, 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 very masculine energy um, mastermind. It's run by two men um, who are very about, you know, grind, hustle, work, this. And I, I love it because it's like opposite of me. <laughs> and it's like I can balance, you know, I can use it to balance out. And everything that they say is all good. They believe in, you know, all of um, the energy stuff as well. So I can definitely relate yeah. to all the things that work. But when I first joined this this mastermind a year ago, I definitely allowed it to kind of shift my mentality in a way that was not aligned with me um and felt like I had to like 
you know, hustle grind. And if, you know, if, even if you see my content from a year ago, it was kind of a little bit different. And then I realized that I don't have to do that. Like some people, that's what they feel aligned with. That's what they enjoy. Um, but also I noticed that it's not that sustainable. Right. And for me, I am very, very feminine energy. And that's something that I've kind of been running from for a lot of my life being in sales um my you know and having a digital marketing agency it's like very very male energy and so I had to kind of like conform myself or at least I felt like I had to conform myself to that energy to fit in and now that I am embracing my feminine energy embracing the fact that I cry at almost everything, embracing the fact that, you know, I am able to communicate with clients and people in a way that no one else in my space can, because Mm -hmm. I decided to embrace myself and my authentic voice and stop being like all of these other, you know, agencies out there who are all about hustling and grinding and automating every single point of every single thing like automation yeah. is fun and cool but I've realized where my power is is in being that female energy loving you know that's how I have been able to attract like the most amazing high paying clients with yeah. doing really any outreach And this is the funny thing. So first of all, I will tell you that yesterday during my morning meditation, I bawled like a baby, like it just came out of me. Um, I cry at a lot of things as well. I will also tell you that because I am so, I only tap a little bit into my masculine energy. I don't do it very often, but I have built my entire business with no funnels, no, I try to lead page for one thing and I absolutely hated it. Um, I am just now starting to grow my email list and I don't have a website. Yep. (laughs) It can be done. I am here to show you what's possible. (laughs) Well, and I think that like we, like, yes. (laughs) Again, seriously, like you don't need all that stuff. That is all just noise whistles. It can help, sure, but you don't need it. Like, don't let the fact that you can't or don't want to or don't have the funds to set up all the systems, do all of the stuff, stop you from taking action towards your dream, towards doing what your soul is telling you you need to do. Because guess what? We all have an authentic energy. We all have an authentic voice that we need to share. And as long as we are showing up as ourselves and showing up, being visible, sharing, like the people will come. And can, you know, as a digital marketer, obviously I love funnels. um, (laughs) but, But it's, it's just like an extra thing that can help as long as you have the mindset, everything else, you know, totally up and running. And I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. My agency's website is still not live right now. And I have, you know, clients from all different places and, and I, do all of the digital marketing stuff but for myself I actually don't have a live website (laughs) sing it sister (laughs) so ah, I mean I feel like we could just keep talking forever and ever but I like to keep my um I like to keep my podcast more on the shorter side just so that people can actually listen to them start to finish um I know so this episode will be releasing on Saturday in a couple of days. So I know, Kiki, that you are about to be starting a um, a, a little free challenge. Can you share a little bit about what, what you're going to be having going on? Absolutely. I am so excited. So I have uh, just created a challenge. It's going to be a 21-day challenge inside my Facebook community called the Namaste Babe. And the challenge itself is called the Rise and slay it challenge. Um, the biggest shift that I noticed in my 
ability to show up and serve not only myself but others as well has been when I when I started incorporating a morning routine. And I will let you know that I am the last person who would have ever expected myself to be a morning person. Um, I went from a 10-year stint in the service industry, also drinking and drugging my life away. Um, so that was me coming home at four, five, six, seven plus in the morning. And when I went into the nine to five, I thought I'm never going to be able to do this. And so I really do want to help people and in start incorporating just little things that they can compound over a three week process in order to create a morning routine for themselves so that they can have more peace, more clarity, more time in the morning to really be able to show up for themselves and therefore show up for friends, family, coworkers, partners, everything like that. And when does that challenge start? It actually starts on August 5th, so this will be perfect timing. Uh, there will be a, an intro live video on Sunday, August 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time in Central Brew. And then, I'm sorry, I've got dogs barking in the background. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, we will be kicking it off on Monday, August 5th, and it will be going for 20 days. Okay, awesome. So, you guys, so this challenge is going inside of her Facebook community, the Namaste Babe. I will put the link to her um, Facebook group in the description of this podcast. You're also going to want to go check her out on Instagram, also the Namaste Babe. She's always posting fun and inspirational content on there, so make sure that you check her out there. And thank you so much, Kiki, for being on. I had an amazing time chatting with you, and I definitely felt like a pull towards you when I found you on on Instagram. And I'm definitely so happy that we've been able to connect, and I can't wait to continue to connect with you more. Oh, my goodness. The feeling is so mutual. Thank you so much. I'm honored that you wanted to have me in this in this sacred space. So thank you very much for joining me and chatting. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming the Big Me podcast. If you found value in today's episode, Make sure to leave us a review and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. That's how our podcast grows. Are you curious about learning more about harnessing the power of your subconscious mind? Then join the free rewire challenge where we dive deep into the subconscious mind, how it works, and give you some tangible action steps to begin rewiring it to serve you. Go to bit.ly slash rewire challenge. That's bit.ly slash rewire challenge. Until next time, I'm your host, Jamila Burney, signing out. Thank you.